Hello, and welcome to the Dynasty Capitalists Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Lake Slabok. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Slabs. And I am super excited you are joining us for our first ever episode here tonight. I want to start off tonight by first uh, telling you guys a little bit about myself, um, helping y'all get to know me. Um, also, just going into what are the Dynasty Capitalists? What are, what are we about here? What are we going to be focusing on? Um, why should you stick with us? All of those things. And then I'm going to actually get into a little bit of buy and sell. Um, just a couple quick hitters that I want to get your offseason started off with. Um, a couple of players, um, specifically wide receivers, that I think right now are undervalued and can be had for a reasonable price. And then also just finish up with a couple of things that are going to be coming down the pipe that I'm excited about and um, hoping to get out here soon. So uh, a little about myself first. Uh, my name is Lake. I'm 27 years old. I live near Raleigh, North Carolina. I have a wife, Ellie. I, we've been married for about two and a half years now, and, and I love her so much. Um, she's she's the goat. Um, she's the real MVP, all of those things. Uh, Ellie's the best. Uh, I also have a daughter, Davy. Uh, Ellie and I just welcomed Davy into the world uh, a, a month ago, a month ago today, actually. And so we are adjusting to parenthood and uh, life with an infant, and that's just been a joy and uh, a privilege and challenging and all of those things. So we're, we've, we've had a great month with Davey so far and excited for the next years to come. Uh, from a fantasy football perspective, I've been playing fantasy for about 11 years now. Um, got introduced back in late high school, early college, um, and loved it, got hooked on it. And then a couple years ago, a buddy of mine, Tyler, actually introduced me to Dynasty Fantasy Football. I had Heard about it, um, just never had been able to really dip my toe in the water, had never really sought that out. But Tyler had an orphan that he uh, offered for me to take over, and so I did. And there's really not been any looking back. I, I, I love redraft. Redraft will always kind of be my first love when it comes to fantasy football. But, man, it, Dynasty is my sweet spot right now. And so um, I uh, am a writer for Dynasty Nerds. I've got a few articles out there now. Just started with them about a month ago. So um, y'all can find me on their website. Uh, also a contributor at Smash Accept. So I've been on a, one of their podcasts so far and hoping to get on a few more in the future. But also, um, they've got some exciting stuff coming up. They're uh, launching a Patreon and some other things. And um, so I'm going to be doing some rankings for them. So y'all can find me at, at Smash Accept as well. Um, so make sure and give the, both of those a follow um, at Smash Accept and at Dynasty Nerds if you're not already. But um, yeah, that's kind of my experience with fantasy football. It's something that I love, something I'm passionate about, and um, that's why we're here tonight. Uh, and so what what are the Dynasty Capitalists? If that's like, who are the Dynasty Capitalists? Um, something I'm really passionate about when it comes to Dynasty Fantasy Football is something that might sound like I'm hitting... Um, hitting it on the nose a little bit, but dynasty fantasy football ultimately comes down to value. We want to not just build a team that's good for one year, although there's a time and a place for making a push for a championship. And um, sometimes in those trades, you know, obviously you're going to be giving up something that long-term might turn out to be valuable, but over the course of years and seasons, 
We want to be building the value on our team. We want to maximize value. And so while that might seem elementary or it might seem like something that is obvious, we at Dynasty Capitalists want to make sure it's on the forefront of our minds because we don't want to get swept up in our emotions in week 15 or week 14 or uh, I, I guess probably before that because that's into the playoffs. But we don't want to get swept up in season in our emotions and make trades to just make the playoffs or make trades um, to just get out of the first round of the playoffs. We want to be building a dynasty, a true dynasty that's going to be competitive year in and year out, that's going to have um, players and assets that are young, uh, players and assets that are in their prime, and that really top to bottom um, has just a real nice funnel that's funneling young assets up into their prime and just helping us compete over the long haul. So we want to maximize value. Something else I'm really passionate about that we're going to talk about a lot is we want to cascade our trades. Um, that's something that I, I've recently discovered that phrase, and it's something I was doing, and I didn't know that there was a name for it, but um, it's something I'm super passionate about that I hardly ever make a trade in Dynasty Fantasy Football without having another trade in mind. That just because it's Dynasty, we can get in our heads that our players are our players and that we're you know gathering them up one at a time or however we're doing it and that we that's going to be our team or that guy's going to be on our team for the long haul. But I, I'm really passionate that when we're making trades, when we're, when we're acquiring players, that we need to be thinking one move ahead. That when I make a trade with somebody, I'm hardly ever doing player for player. Um, there's definitely times I've done it, and there's definitely value in doing that, especially like we talked about before, if we're making a push for the playoffs. If we um, are not just making a push for the playoffs, but we think we're a contender and we need one more wide receiver for a depth piece or something like that. But I'm wanting to turn uh, one asset into two and and two into three and so on. And so I'm looking to cascade my trades. I'm, I'm trying to get a piece back in a trade that I'm going to use and then a, maybe a second piece that won't be long for my team, but that I'm going to be able to combine with something else or I'm going to be able to package with something else to then um, go get another piece or another couple of pieces. So um, cascading trades, maximizing value, and, and building our teams into true dynasties, into not just one-year wonders, not just a one-year, two-year rebuild, but trying to have sustained excellence over the long haul. And so that's what we're going to talk a lot about on Dynasty Capitalists. Um, that's going to kind of be a pervasive theme throughout everything we do. Um, and so I thought tonight, um, where better to start than with a couple of values, a couple of uh, players that I think right now can be had um, on the cheap um, compared to what their output's going to be for you going forward. And, and one is kind of a contender piece. Um, he's uh, in his prime. And the others, um, I think he'll help you in a, if you're a contender, but I also think that long-term he's going to be a great asset for you. So um, let's just jump right in here to some um, – uh, to two two buys, two um, players that I think you should be looking to acquire this offseason. The first is Tyler Boyd, a wide receiver for Cincinnati. Um, he has been 
I think, gathering a little bit of traction, at least on Fantasy Football Twitter. I've seen his name a little bit more. Um, I've, I've been doing a series of threads on my Twitter, um, at Dynasty Slabs, the last few weeks. Um, started with wide receivers. He was one of the ones I covered a couple weeks back. Um, I'm on some running backs now, um, and then going to be moving on to other positions. But I really, really like Tyler Boyd. Um, he is... The wide receiver too. I think I think T. Higgins um, really showed this year that he's going he's going to be the number one there. Um, I don't think that you buy Tyler Boyd thinking that you're getting the number one receiver in Cincinnati, but I think that the good news is that you don't have to. That that Tyler Boyd isn't being sold like he's the number one in Cincinnati. Um, here here's some really interesting stats that I've I've come come to find on Tyler Boyd. Um, I I just kind of was looking at some numbers uh, a couple, it's probably two months ago now, and was just looking at where where were we this year with wide receivers? You know, how did we get to the end of this season, the end of twenty twenty? What characteristics made up the top twenty four wide receivers? And so, uh, Tyler Boyd was not a top twenty four wide receiver this year. Uh, a large part of that was. Uh, Joe Burrow was injured in the middle of the season. Joe Mixon was injured in the middle of the season. And um, there's probably good speculation that he could have come back. But um, with Burrow done for the year, why why push it? Um, they had some offensive line troubles, on and on and on. Um, and so the first part of the season when Tyler had uh, Joe Burrow, he really was playing well. And then just really didn't have anybody to get the ball to him the second half, but I took a look at all wide receivers from 2020 with at least 60 targets. And um, I broke it down um, with four categories with a dot. So the average depth of target. So how deep down the field is a player being targeted? Are they a deep threat? Um, We're not going to talk about him today, but Juju Smith Schuster was last in the league in a dot. He on average got targeted about five yards down the field. So you know he's going to be close to the line of scrimmage. He's going to have to create a lot of stuff after the catch on his own, um, which you know in my mind is is challenging. Um, creating yards after the catch if you're not getting down the field at all before you catch the ball. Um, then you've got other guys like um, Chase Claypool, who uh, finished sixth in the league in uh, A dot. If I'm remembering correctly, off the top of my head, um, it was he was top ten or so. Um, and so he's getting downfield, catching these long balls. Um, and <clears throat> so that's dot. I also did look at, at yards after the catch. Yeah. Um, when the receiver gets the ball in their hands, what are they able to do with it? Um, are they just somebody that's able to, with their speed, get deep, but then they're not able to break tackles? They're not really super agile or whatever the case may be. They can't gain yards after the catch. Or are they somebody that um, is able to really really move the ball down the field after they catch it. So um, dot. we looked at Yak. Um, then we looked at target percentage. So um, what percentage of the team's targets did that player get? Are they being targeted hev- heavily um, as it relates to other members of their team? And then finally, uh, reception percentage. Um, when the ball is thrown their way, how often do they catch it? Um, and, and that reception percentage, it includes everything. So it includes... Um, you know, balls that are thrown off target um, that goes against your reception percentage. Um, it includes um, 
drops. It includes um, catches that you make that you shouldn't have made. So it's just uh, the raw numbers on when the ball is thrown your way, how often is it caught? So those are the four categories that I started off with and went through and looked at who are the top 24 in each of those categories. And so tried to draw some parallels between categories and make some groupings. Um, and so Tyler Boyd was top 24 this year in two of these categories. He was top 24 in yards after the catch, and he was top 24 in reception percentage. So what this told me about Tyler was that he was in a group. Um, some of the other members, I'm going off the top of my head here, um, Juju had the same grouping as Tyler Boyd. Um, that was also, I believe, Amari Cooper was in there with them. Um, Cole Beasley, I think, was in there. Um, Hunter Renfro, and I could be forgetting one other person. Um, but Tyler Boyd, when um, he catches the ball, so, so when you throw the ball, he's going to catch it. His reception percentage is high. And then when he catches it, he's able to create after the catch. So those, those are two great traits to me. Um, those are two really, really valuable things to be able to do well. Well, um, then I kind of looked at what are some areas of potential improvement for Tyler. So Tyler was not towards the top of a dot. He was not targeted deep super often. Um, he's plenty fast. So I don't, I'm not saying that couldn't change, but he, he wasn't super close to the top there. Um, he was, however, not too far off the top 24 in target percentage. And this is interesting to me because, like we mentioned before, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be back. Um, he is going to be throwing the ball better. So, so those numbers, the reception percentage and um, probably the yak because the ball is going to be placed well, are both going to improve for Tyler because um, he's not going to be catching balls from Ryan Finley. Um, as an NC State fan, that that's hard for me to say. I loved Ryan Finley. He was great for my Wolfpack. But – um, not so much so in Cincinnati. Um, so he's going to probably improve those two things he was already good at. But then also with, with Tyler Boyd, we have A.J. Green likely on his way out the door. Um, that's going to leave over 100 vacated targets in Cincinnati. And so I, I, I'm on board with everybody that T. Higgins is going to be the one there. He's going to get a lot of those vacated targets. But if you think that T. Higgins is going to be getting all 100 plus of those vacated targets, I, I think I would respectfully disagree with that. Uh, T. Higgins isn't going to pull in 200 targets next year. Um, those are going to be doled out to other people as well. And so when you give Tyler Boyd some of those targets, what that's going to do is he's going to increase his target percentage. Um, with A.J. Green out of the picture, him and... Uh, and T. Higgins are going to be pulling in large portions of those targets. And so uh, I looked at what would happen if you if you threw Tyler Boyd in the top 24 in target percentage. So if you threw him into the grouping of players that finished top 24 in yards after the catch, target percentage and reception percentage, he would join these names. He would join Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, and Tyler Lockett. Now, I don't have anything against Juju or Amari Cooper, but I would much rather belong to that list, that second list. Um, those are the players that were top 24 in yak, target percentage, and reception percentage. Now, 
Do I think that Tyler Boyd is going to be a Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson next year? No. He doesn't have that skill set. He's not going to have that target percentage that those players do. Um, he's not as explosive as some of those guys. He, I mean, he doesn't have I – mean, Joe Burrow is not Aaron Rodgers. Um, but what I do think is that at his value, he's undervalued. That Tyler Boyd – I think that you can probably snag him up in a lot of leagues. If people are sleeping on Tyler Boyd, you can throw out a mid-second there and see if it gets accepted, especially as we get closer and closer to draft season and, and people start going nuts over these rookies. Um, I think that uh, an early second is something that's very reasonable for Tyler Boyd and that will get it done a lot of the time. And while he's not going to put up Devontae, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, uh, Justin Jefferson type numbers, he can put up high-end wide receiver two numbers, I think. Um, I mean, he's going to be getting a, a higher percentage of targets, and we know that when the targets come his way, he catches them, and he's able to make something happen after the catch. And so I think that next year that this Cincinnati offense is going to take another step forward, that I'm not sure what they're going to do in the draft. It would be awesome if they were able to snag uh, Sewell or one of those other linemen to really shore up their offensive line and protect Joe Burrow. But I think regardless that Tyler is going to be getting more targets next year. And I think that he can be had right now. So he's only 26 years old. He's uh, tied to Cincinnati, I think through 2024 or something crazy like that. Um, and so if, if you don't have Tyler Boyd, he's somebody that I'm throwing out a couple offers for, seeing what I can get, especially as we get closer to draft season. And those those rookie picks gain value, gain value. And I know that um, they're gaining value. And so you're probably not going to want to let go of them either. But the likelihood of somebody coming in as a rookie and putting up the numbers that Tyler Boyd is going to give you over the next two or three years um, is just highly unlikely. So Tyler Boyd is a is a buy for me. Um, the second second value that I think is in fantasy. Currently. Is. Hollywood Brown. Uh, Hollywood is somebody that is extremely divisive. Um, people are on both sides of the aisle on what Hollywood offers. Um, if numbers at the end of this year are real, if numbers at the beginning of this year are real, um, you'll find people on both sides of the aisle. But here, here's what I found on Hollywood when I dove into those same numbers. Hollywood was top 24 this year in both dot. Um, so he was targeted deep. That's not a surprise to anybody. He was also top 24 in target percentage. Um, now, that can be a little bit skewed because um, Baltimore doesn't throw a ton. So it's actually the, the least passing offense in the league. So um, even though he gets a high percentage of Baltimore's targets, uh, it still doesn't translate to a ton of targets. But I think that there's going to be a push for Lamar to throw the ball more and throw the ball more accurately, um, to throw it better. I, I think that we saw this year there was unrest midseason when Baltimore wasn't performing well. There was unrest with Lamar. It was um, the, the headlines you were reading were um, things about what is wrong with Lamar Jackson. Um, and, and I think even you know coming from North Carolina as a, as a Panthers fan, we saw this with, with Cam Newton to some degree. Um, he was MVP, um, went to the Super Bowl, and then struggled with accuracy for a couple of years, and, and the Panthers were done with him. Um, 
they they cut him. They didn't even trade him. Um, and so I think that one of two things is going to happen with um, Hollywood Brown. I think that he's going to um, either Baltimore's going to be able to pass more because Lamar works on it and continues to improve, and he's shown the ability to do that. So I think that's the most likely outcome, that Lamar continues to improve and gets better and better. Um, or a couple years go by, and remember, this is dynasty fantasy football. Hollywood Brown is still very young. Um, a year or two goes by, and um, Baltimore has a different quarterback. But I think either way that Hollywood is going to be gaining value. Um, he finished this year on a hot streak, um, scoring touchdowns. Uh, Lamar was looking for him in the red zone. It wasn't even these long pass plays. He had some of those, um, specifically, you know, the infamous um, Cleveland touchdown after Lamar returned from his uh, cramps in the bathroom or or in the locker room or wherever he was. Um, but there were also short short yardage um, things where uh, Hollywood is catching balls that are thrown from inside the red zone, which is not something that we've seen from him a ton. We've seen touchdowns on long plays, but that seems to be something he added to the repertoire this year. And so he was top 24 in ADOT and target percentage. The only other person to be top 24 in just those two categories this season was Adam Thielen, um, which interestingly enough was he was buoyed a lot by touchdowns. Um, but how, if we, if we believe that Hollywood is a, is a buy now. If we believe that he's a value at where he's being um, drafted, where he's being, what he's being traded for, um, there has to be a way for him to improve. And so when I looked at how can Hollywood improve, um, the reception percentage is something that would be hard for Hollywood to bring up, I, I believe. He did struggle with some drops this year. So if the drops improve, the reception percentage will improve. But um, part of him being a deep threat is that the passes are inherently more risky um, and inherently harder to catch. And so reception percentage isn't something I think that Tyler, uh, excuse me, that Hollywood is going to um, necessarily be known for. But I think he has the skills to improve his yards after the catch. Um, yards after the catch is something with his speed and agility you would think that would come naturally to him. Um, he isn't huge, so he's not going to break a lot of tackles, but I think that with his speed and, um, if they get him the ball in space that he's going to be able to, to get it and go. And so if he added yards after the catch, if he jumped into the top 24 in yards after the catch, here are the four players that were top 24 in ADOT yards after the catch and target percentage this year. You would be talking about Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, and Tyreek Hill. That's it. That's the list. So while I think it remains to be seen if Hollywood is the caliber player of those guys, I know coming out first round pick draft capital, um, he's got speed to burn. Um, the, the one separation um, for me with Hollywood and those guys really is just his size, um, that those guys are able to break tackles. Um, even, you know, Tyreek is a smaller guy, but he's, he is built, he is thick. Um, and, and, and Hollywood is not that at least not yet, but, um, I, I'm a believer in Hollywood. I believe, um, in his speed. I believe that he improved this season, even though he had a rough start to the season, he, um, finished really, really strong, had some great performances down the stretch. And so if, 
the Hollywood Brown owner in your league views this as a selling window. Um, and, and a lot of them, I think, do right now because they were sweating it at the beginning of this year that the riding the Lamar Jackson roller coaster is something that that is stuck with them into the offseason. And so if they're if they're trying to sell you on Hollywood finish strong, uh, he had a great end of the season. But but you can read the tea leaves and see that really they're they're just trying to get out from under him. Uh, I would go get him. I, I think that Hollywood right now, the way that he ended the season might have raised his price a little bit. But I, I think that uh, it's going to be, especially as we get closer and closer to draft season, it's going to be similar to that Tyler Boyd price, a, a early second. I, I don't know that an early second would be able to get it done. Um, a late first, I think, would get it done. Um, but you might be able to do something like a late first and get back a third with Hollywood or something like that. That would be what I would personally be trying to do. but. Uh, I, I just think he's a really good value right now. I think that he's got the draft capital. He's got uh, offense that has shown it can be explosive um, and showed that even again at the end of this season after struggling early. He's got a quarterback that is um, driven to improve and to prove people wrong. And uh, I think that he's going to get better and better. Um, I think one thing to watch out for is if Baltimore – um, goes after a wide receiver in free agency, um, or they draft one, I think that um, his value could go down even more. So maybe wait um, until after the NFL draft or after free agency, see if Baltimore picks somebody up. Um, if they do, I'm still buying Hollywood Brown. Um, I'm still buying him. I, I think that if they are able to bring in another uh, more traditional, um, bigger um, X receiver that that's only going to open things up for Hollywood more that with the way that they run the ball, um, it's going to be impossible for defenses to defend um, the, the long ball with Hollywood, defend the run to defend um, other routes with a, a bigger, more traditional receiver. Um, so I, I'm, I'm buying Hollywood. So those are my two uh, recommendations today. Um, go get Hollywood Brown and Tyler Boyd. Um, Really quick here before we before we finish up, I just want to share with you guys a few things that I'm excited about, um, a few things that I um, am striving to do. Um, first, um, I want this to be a podcast that that is accessible to you guys, and so um, feel free to send questions, to send trades, to send um, input, whatever whatever you've got. To um, you can send it to me at Dynasty Slabs. Uh, make sure and follow me and shoot me a DM. Um, you can also send it to um, DCFF Podcast. Um, make sure and be following us. Send us a DM, um, and we'll try and get in on the show, whatever it is that you, you've got you want to talk about. Um, we're going to be having some guests coming in over the course of the spring that I'm excited to be um, chatting with, um, fantasy football. Um, and then also one of the things that I uh, – one of the projects that I'm uh, going to be working on I want to be able to get out a profile of different players for you guys. Um, I know that when I go to make trades, um, oftentimes um, I'm trying to read articles or um, find little snippets on this player or that player. And so I'm going to be working to compile. Um, it's it's obviously not going to be exhaustive for every NFL player. That would be, um, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of, of potential players and free agents, but um, I'm going to try and hit some of the bigger guys. And so, when you go to make a deal, um, when you go to pick up somebody off the waiver wire, 
um, that you've got a place to go and listen to a little five, 10 minute snippet on uh, why should I go? Why should I trade for Tyler Boyd? What are my selling points for Tyler Boyd if I'm trying to sell him? Um, what are my selling points for um, for this piece that I'm trying to move to go get him? Um, so working on some player profiles, just little five or 10 minute snippets that you can listen to to kind of get you up to speed on what's going on with different players. So that's kind of what we've got coming up here. Um, again, I'm just so thankful that you guys have um, tuned in tonight for our first ever podcast. Um, it's been a blast walking through some of uh, this fantasy football um, buy, sell um, some of these values. Um, go get Tyler Boyd. Go get Hollywood Brown. Make sure and follow at Dynasty Slabs as well as at DCFF Podcast on Twitter. Um, that's where a lot of our updates and things are going to be. Um, and I can't wait to see you guys next week. Thanks so much.